When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to What Load of Cobblers, the debrief, the new post-match show where we dive the latest Northampton Town game. This time it's Northampton Town nil, Charlton Athletic 2. Boo. And I'm joined by James Averill, local democracy journalist and long-time Northampton fan. Martin Maloney. Cobbler's Nut and All-Round Raconteur, and Benji Nurick, chart on Athletic Journalist. Let's start with you first, Benji, to the victor, the spoils and all that. How do you sum up Charlton's win yesterday? I thought you were a good value overall. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting game. I think ultimately, overall, Charlton just about deserved to win, or not just about, but deserved to win approximately 2-0. I think the first half, though, especially considering the conditions, the the swirling wind, the relatively bobbly pitch. I thought Northampton did really well because they made Charlton very uncomfortable. I felt that Charlton over the past three or four games had started to look better and better and were looking like a team that was improving every single time they were playing, um, especially after getting in so many players in the last week or two of the transfer window. But I actually felt the first half against Northampton was the worst Charlton have looked Pretty much since the the start of the season, since the first couple games of the season, I felt they couldn't really get any passes together. They looked like they were struggling with the long balls coming into the box, which hasn't really been a theme since Ryan Innes arrived a, a few weeks ago. Looked very comfortable defending long balls, but I felt they struggled in the first half. And in general, I thought Northampton just kind of ruffled them a little bit. And Charlton seemed like they struggled with the conditions and they struggled with the, the makeup of the game. Charlton's midfield... I think was set out to kind of to have a lot of the ball. It was set out to keep possession. It was set out to play a lot of tidy, tidy football, but that just wasn't the structure of the game at all in the end. The game was much more of a battle. It was much more physical than I think potentially Bowyer was expecting. And so at halftime, he brought on Darren Prattley for Dylan Levitt. And I felt that that kind of calmed things down for Charlton, made them much more comfortable. Darren Prattley, obviously, extremely experienced at this and higher levels. And he's, he's, he's a battler. You know, he's a kind of midfielder that wants to get in, wants to make his presence known, wants to really put in some challenges. And I felt he provided the base for the rest of their midfield to flourish and the rest of their attack to flourish. And obviously got the first goal with from a set piece. It's the kind of kind of little thing that's going to make a difference in a relatively tight game without a lot of attacking play on either side. And then the second goal was a, an excellent counterattack, and it's the the kind of counterattack that Charlton have and that other teams aren't going to be able to stop when you have someone like Alfie Doughty on the right wing who's just so quick. And he he his first touch when when he got the ball there just completely took the defender out of the game. And at that point, it's it's, it's almost impossible to defend because he's just so quick and he's, he's by you in a second and there's really not much 
much you can do about that when Charlton are able to spring that kind of space going forward. So ultimately, I think Charlton improved quite a bit in the second half. But um, it, it, it was it was a game that, that I think showcased some 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 good things for Northampton, particularly in the first half. That sounds a really fair summary to me. Um, James, what do you think from a Northampton perspective? It seems to be a game of two halves in Northampton at the moment, not really being able to finish out the full 90 minutes impacting the game throughout. Yeah, I think the, the summary there was, was pretty fair. I felt like the first half was a pretty tight affair. Um, there weren't too many clear-cut chances either, either side. I think we had the Sam Hoskins volley, didn't we, uh, from the free kick? But um, that was about it from our perspective. But it did feel as soon as Charlton took the lead, it, it did almost have that air of that's game over. And it's something I've noticed in quite a few of our home games. Certainly, uh, I think when Peterborough and, and Hull uh, took the lead in those respective games, it almost you could almost see the the body language of the players drop and uh, it, it kind of felt similar to that yesterday once there was one nil down they, they didn't we didn't look as if we were going to come back into it which was quite strange because I thought we'd kind of hopefully address that issue at Plymouth last week uh, or where we kind of went down one nil down there and, and ended up getting back into the game but we kind of fell back into the the old habit there so yeah I think certainly putting together a, a whole 90 minute performance is a bit of a struggle at the moment and yeah like you say very much games of two halves for us at the moment yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that one I just think it just seems to me that there's a little bit of a contradiction at the moment between Curl's desire to play front foot football he talks about quite a lot and also to nullify the opposition um, so he, he said he'd hope to keep it tight for an hour and then bring on Ashley Seal and try and impact the game that way but maybe the, the overmanagement of the games at the detriment of imposing on the game in a dynamic way and trying to, you know, get a positive result out of it. Martin, what do you think about yesterday's performance and result? Do you agree well, with James? Do you, do you agree with James that you know after they'd scored it was game over? Yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm, and I think you know I think Benji's summary uh, spot on. I think Prattley made a difference. We're, we're up against much much better teams than we were than we were last year, but I think. The point about it being a game of two halves, I'm almost feeling like this is become it's become a pattern, because if you think back, I think the last three games um, we've had a good 45 minutes in each. Um, second half away at, away at Plymouth, and you know, first half say it's like it's almost like we're we had a, we had a really strong identity last year. We were hard to play against. The, the football annoyed. Some people, you know, obviously, you know, we're quite open. We have different views on how football should be played. I'm happy if we're winning, you know, go go long, no no problem. With me. But it was it was effective, and we had an identity. And I I'm really feeling that we're we're starting to lack that. It was very interesting to see that we started with two the two smaller, quick players. And I'm I'm really liking what I see from Rose at the moment. And there's got to be a, a degree of um, what would you say? Of rot- squad rotation because we're playing, you know, all clubs are playing more often than not twice a week. So, you know, when players are left out, I kind of think, okay, you, you're going to have to do that and get used to it. But what's worrying me is a certain patterns emerging that are becoming like a habit. So it's, you know, a good 45 minutes, but not really a good 90. We, while I thought our control, 
our general play was pretty decent, I thought, first half. It looked, you always felt with the quality that Charlton got, and you just looked at that bench, you thought, well, they've got more gears to go through than we have. But I thought we, you know, we played reasonably well without, without, you know, working their keeper too hard too, too often. But we're conceding a lot of goals from set pieces, which feels like something we wouldn't last year. And when we get behind, with the exception of Plymouth, we look a beaten side. And that, I think, is some big work for Curl to do to to address, address those things. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I think lots of people like to jump on zonal marking. But whatever type of marking you do, you know, people have jobs to do. And consistently, we seem not to be doing it. And, yeah, I think it's, you know, we've got two more tough games um, around the corner against again side you know sides that probably would would expect to be to be a league above, and it's going to be it's going to be tough. And can I just add, I hate playing Charlton because final because my other half's a Mackham, and I was in the Sunderland end for that as well. So really, you're a lovely lad, Benji, but I hate playing Charlton because it never goes well, whichever team I'm supporting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the goals, actually. Uh, obviously, from the Northampton, Northampton perspective, never good. From a Charlton perspective, quite positive, I'd say, in terms of the way they were crafted. Um, the first goal was a cross, another cross from a corner, another badly defended corner from Northampton's perspective. The header was not back. I noticed that Misalou, Christoph Misalou, was supposed to be marking Prattley. He had him, you know, momentarily, but then completely lost track of him. And he was left to smack home unopposed. Benji, from your perspective, are Charlton a, a good set-piece threat and was that something that you'd normally expect them to do or was it just weak cobbler's marking? I, I think it, I have to cut the Northampton a little bit of slack here because I think a lot of teams are going to really, really struggle to play against Charlton um, on set-pieces in particular because what we've seen already over the last couple of weeks, and we saw it a couple of times um, against Northampton, and they actually Charlton actually had a goal disallowed against Blackpool in the previous game from almost the exact same situation, where Charlton are able just to float in these corners to the back post, and Ryan Innes is just too tall and too strong for pretty much any defense that he's up against. So he's winning that ball. Most of the time, it's coming towards the back post. He's winning it, and and it just makes it really, really hard to defend because once the second ball comes back across, it's always harder for a defense to to get to that uh, than the first ball, which is which is should from most corners the defense should be getting and should be clearing. But when you're up against Ryan Innes and his ridiculous height and size, it just makes it much harder to defend set pieces. So I think that while Northampton's defending, especially on the second ball from the corner, was a bit sloppy. I think it's a it's a it's a theme we'll see throughout the season of Charlton being dangerous from set pieces. Sure, I'll put the, this to you, James. You you followed Northampton for a long time, and you've seen defenders come and go, good ones, bad ones. Charlie Good is obviously now at Brentford, and was a, a huge part of our success last season with his strength in the box. Maybe not the best on the ball as Brentford has seen, but in terms of that in-box intelligence, very strong. So there's been a lot of talk about zonal marking this and that to do with zonal marking and what defenders should be doing on corners you know do you think that zonal marking is a problem for Northampton or do you just think that yesterday Mizzaloo and the rest of the defenders their anticipation and perhaps that defensive intelligence just wasn't there it's difficult one to say really because uh, if you look back at last season 
I can't honestly remember whether we zonal marked or we man marked last season. And I think the difference is that we weren't conceding goals from them, from set pieces much. So you don't really tend to notice the, the system or the way that you're doing it. I think the system is getting slated this year because we're conceding from it. In reality, I think if you do either one well, it, it's an effective system to use. I think the question we need to ask us, or Keith needs to say is, okay, he prefers this zonal marking system out of the two systems, clearly. But is it the one that's best for our players? And are they executing it the, the roles correctly and to the standard that they need to? I, I think obviously at the moment they're not because there's a very noticeable deluge of goals that we're conceding from set pieces. Um, I think so... Really, that, that's a question for Keith to identify is how long does he persist with kind of working with this on the training ground and trying to make sure that they get to the standard that's required to make that system work. I think the other interesting thing is also um, how impotent we look from attacking set pieces as well. Uh, you compare us to last season when we had the likes of Charlie Good and Jordan Turnbull and Scott Wharton constantly getting on the end of them. And we know last season set pieces was a huge huge reason why we were up there and around because we didn't create a huge amount from open play but we were absolutely lethal from set pieces this year we're not particularly creative in open play but we're also not attacking from set pieces as well I was commenting you know watching the game with my dad yesterday that we don't win any headers attacking corners either mm-hmm. so set pieces is a real big concern for us at the moment because it is a large part of why we're in the division we're in now and we've lost the ability at the moment to be effective at them. So there's there's a few different concerns in, in, in the way that we play. But yeah, Keith needs to consider now whether the zonal marking is, is going to be worth, I suppose, the short-term hits we might take from concede, conceding goals while we get used to it. Um, and that's going to be a decision for him. Personally, I, I think at this level, it's simpler for the players to man mark myself but you know I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I know more about football than Keith Curl that's that, that's obviously uh you know not the case but I, I think it's going to be a question for him to answer seriously over the kind of the next couple of games as to whether he persists with it or not exactly and the more the more we can see the more pressure comes from you know conceding from those sort of goals and opposition will be targeting that now I think you made a good point about cobblers being a bit, you know, impotent at both ends, which is, you know, is never a, a good thing. And it's quite interesting that Keith Cole is actually quite contradictory. In some ways, he's quite conservative and straight down the line in the way he wants to play. And in other ways, he's quite avant-garde with stuff like zonal marking and sticking with that. So it's a bit of a strange one. Um, Martin, are you much for this zonal marking argument or do you just think it's, you know, poor anticipation from the defenders? Um, I think the... I think the, ta- the tactic of zonal marking gets some unfair stick because I think, as James says, you, you only know it only gets discussed when 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 things go wrong, and I think it's it's a legitimate tactic. However, you've got you know there's the old cliche about you know repeat doing the same thing again and again that's not working. It's it's quite mad. We need you know something needs to change because. I think the point about it being impotent at both ends is a real concern. And, and I find myself, you know, and one of the problems I think we've got is that when we, Harry Smith adds a lot defensively, but when we play him, the rest of the team, and I don't think it's a tactic, it's just always the nature of playing someone who's six foot four, six foot five, is we become a very ineffective long ball team as opposed to last season with Big Verdane, who I think is possibly the biggest loss of the lot because the others 
couldn't be helped. Um, we, you know, whoever was around him knew that guy was going to, he wasn't the tallest, but he was so good in the air. And people would get those knockdowns, that hold up play, allowed the whole team to come forward. Whereas, you know, we've, we've lost that. Smith, for whatever reasons, just doesn't seem to be at the right level yet. And the other guys we've got are all either little or or youngsters. So it feels like there is quite a bit there that the manager is going to have to look at and think, right, is it, as you say, we take the short term hit because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, our start of last season wasn't wasn't particularly great. And then when things got to a certain way, we, we were kind of relentless. But, you know, is it that Curly seeing it and thinking, right, I'll take the brick back because we're doing the right thing and the results will come or and I rather fear we're probably not good enough in either box to compete with you know that certainly the better club clubs division your your, your posh your, your chart and your hull but we've played so poorly against sides around us you know we you know we have had a couple of wins but I I think you know if you're if you're lining up your um the port is it Kenny Jackett still in charge at Portsmouth? You know, you'll be looking at video of our games and you absolutely know what you're going to do from set pieces. And we we've become a little predictable. And it's fine to be predictable like we were last year because teams couldn't couldn't cope with it. This year, you know, we've had three new centre halves come in, all of whom have individually been woeful at different times. There's not really any depth in that position. And, it, and all of them on paper looked, for me, look good signings. Um, but they're all seem to be having all sorts of problems, which really must be making things difficult for Curl. And I wonder if maybe a more radical um, change in shape is needed because, you know, if, if it's not working as it is, then, you know, do you maybe go, you know, with four at the back and some sort of different arrangement elsewhere? But... I think there's a lot of work to do, and I am worried. You know, five defeats in seven games. If we yeah. just count the league ones, that that's a worry. It's only the fact that we've had two fairly fortuitous wins with within that that mean we're not, you know, in in free fall. That, that's true. That's true. Sorry, I'm not Mr. Optimist, haven't I? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is how bad it is. Even even <laughs> questioning the future. <laughs> Let's move on to a goal. You know, not from a Northampton perspective, any good, but one that was from a Charlton perspective, quite impressive in terms of the counter, the second goal for Charlton. Um, I'll, I'll pass over to Benji and he can sort of describe what he thought of it. But I just thought the the goal, uh, the technique from the goalie was really good to get the ball out very quickly. Just knocked it right in front of uh, Alfie Doherty and his pace to just rapidly eat up that pitch and just put that ball in a very dangerous position where um, Sowerby knocked it in for an own goal. Were you impressed with that goal, Benji? Yeah, it's a it's a goal that I think, if anything, just demonstrates the slight difference in quality between the yeah. two sides on the day, in the sense that there wasn't that much that maybe Northampton could have done about the second goal, but it was just two pieces of real quality from Charlton, from two players that are 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 at the top end of this division in their respective positions, if not worthy of being in the, in the championship. I mean, Ben Amos, he wasn't starting last season for Charlton because Dylan Phillips was fantastic and Charlton's player of the season. He's now moved on to Cardiff. But Ben Amos is a top-notch League One goalie, both in terms of his shot stopping, which we saw early on when he saved pretty brilliantly from the 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 uh, the volley. 
And then in the second half of that piece of distribution, it's the it's it's those little elements of quality that most goalies aren't going to have in this division, but Ben Amos does because he's he's one of the better ones. And then Alfie Doughty, as you said, he's a he's a really terrific young player, and when he does have a little bit of speed to dribble into, he he's, he's almost impossible to stop because what we saw yesterday with that goal is that his first touch, he has no interest in in taking a settling touch to kind of see what the situation is. The first touch, he immediately wants to play it as far ahead of him as possible because he knows he's going to eat up that space faster than his defender. So one once he takes that touch and once he has that space to run into, I don't really know that there's a defender in this league that's going to be able to stop him. And then obviously the cross was put into a dangerous area. And it's unfortunate that the that the defensive touch went into the goal. But the two pieces of play up until that, I'm, I'm not sure there's much that Northampton could have done to really stop it. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think that Northampton are vulnerable on the counter-attack, just generally with our wing-back system. We haven't got particularly defense, defensively-minded wing-backs, so that, that's always open. Peterborough were targeting that very much. I noticed you were trying to go through Smythe a lot and switching the play to your left flank for a lot of the game, and you were generally tactically trying to hit it on the counter and work it into wide areas, and your second goal showed that. I noticed, noticed that Mizzoulou was having to defend Doughty again. Poor Mizzoulou having to defend everything. But he just couldn't keep up at all. That There was so much pace from uh, Doughty, who has been targeted by Celtic and other clubs. I don't think he necessarily will be at a chart and play for too much longer. He'll probably go for quite a bit of money. But just uh, a, a good goal from a, you know, not from a Northampton perspective, but just a, an outsider watching would say, well, that was a great counter-attack and something that Keith Cole needs to be aware of. Let's move on to... Let's, let's call it the dark arts and the aggressiveness of both both teams and particularly with reference to the referee. There was a few Cobblers fans grumbling about the referee. For me, it's a bit of a... The referee is a, a minor side point. You know, you win some, you lose some with referees. And people are saying that, you know, Charlton were good at, shall we say, you know, managing the referee or at least, you know, um, trying to impose themselves in a physical way. Um James, it's something that's worried you a little bit, isn't it? This lack of dark arts from Northampton this season and an aggression. Because we saw it a lot last season and we were actually, a lot of people were having to go at us for it. But this season, we just seem to be a bit more of a light touch, would you say? Definitely. I mean, they're not particularly admirable qualities. I think it's it's, it's important to make that clear. But I think in reality, more teams do it than don't. And I think certainly last year, we were probably the best at it in the division. Um, you look at, you know, Charlie Good and his um, infamous dives onto the, you know, ball when he when he struck him out. Pretty much won a free kick every time, even though they very rarely were actually free kicks. Absolute yeah. prem- Premier League shithousery we had from him last year. It was incredible. And yeah, the bleep machine ready off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and but it, uh, not not some. That's obviously a big part of it, but it's more actually. I, I think the. I think ref management is is actually quite a key part of it. And, and obviously, I don't think it, it um, would have changed the result yesterday had we been doing it. But I think it would have made it a bit tighter. Um, and you certainly look at the last two times we've been promoted out of this division in the in the title season in 2015-16. You had Mark Richards all, all game in the referee's ear, kind of, you know, trying to sway him in, into making decisions, into booking opposition players. And then last year, you had Alan McCormack and uh, and Charlie Good doing that. And like I say, they're not particularly admirable qualities. They're not the, the qualities that you want to see at the forefront of your team. But if they give you an extra edge um, over the opposition, then we saw 
you know, it benefited us last year. We've now gone a higher division up. Um, and I think Charlton were very good yesterday. Every time there was a foul, I think in particular, look at the, the Luka Rakic challenges. I mean, I, I thought the first challenge was an incredibly harsh booking. I thought we actually won the ball, in fairness. But the players were around him. And then he obviously did that second one where it was kind of like he followed through with with a clearance, didn't he? And he kind of caught the guy. And you looked and there was like three or four Charlton players around. And, you know, quite rightly, you know, most teams are, are doing the same. And I feel at the moment, I, I was watching us when kind of Charlton committed a foul. And we were just kind of getting up. There was no kind of leadership on the pitch. No, you know, for me, you know, Bolger's the captain. He should be going and kind of going, well, you've booked our player for, for something. Is, is that not kind of an, an equivalent decision? Um, so I do think we are missing that. And particularly with the, the much higher quality that we're coming up against, to not have that in our armoury, I think, um, is not going to serve us well over the season. And we're not gaining anything from not having it. As, as, as kind of disappointing as it is to say that, that that's almost kind of needed in football. It shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't have to kind of, uh, you know, manage referees and you shouldn't be trying to kind of, you know, get players booked and that. But the reality is most teams do it now. And if you're not doing it, you tend to get left behind. Um, so I think we perhaps do need to reinstate some of those dark arts, as you call them, back into our game. Mm. Uh, Martin, do you agree with that? Or do you think it's slightly clutching at straws when maybe, as James said, we would, we would have lost anyway, even with a bit more of a you know mastery I, of the dark arts? I'm trying to think what the opposite of clutching at straws is, but I, whatever whatever that metaphor is, edit it in. Um, <laughs> I think it's the tip of tip of the iceberg. Right. I think the the lack of those dark arts that we see where someone's in the refs here. I think we've got. You talk about characters like Mark Richards, Charlie Good, uh, Alan McCormack. They were leaders, and the conversations managing the ref came along with those skills. I look at us now. And I don't think there's very many strong personalities out there, very many leaders. You've, you know, certainly not down the spine of the team. You know, Nicky Adams will always have, have stuff to say, say he's a, he's a great guy. But, you know, your other long-term players, like Hoskins, just kind of get on and, and do. But where you'd expect to have somebody like a McCormack, like a Goode, down that spine of the team, we've got a bunch of half-decent players and nice blokes. Now, we, we aren't going to be in a position where we can make an offer to Charlton. So I tell you what, we'll have that Alfie Doughty, we'll have that Smythe. You know, we can't do that because we're not that big a club. But when you're picking a team of less able players, maybe, and we've always said that up until this season, I would say the jury's probably out at the moment, Curl's recruitment has been brilliant in terms of people he's brought to the club. It feels like we've maybe missed a trick on the characters because you know if we had a center half who wasn't as good as the three we've got but was a real leader i think it would add more if we had a defensive midfielder who wasn't as skillful as as missilu is but was a real boss out there like mccormack was i think it might that might add more than adding a better player in in, in either of those positions you know, you, I guess you can play in a nice way if you've got that in your locker because teams probably know because they'll know the players they're playing against. I think teams know that we haven't got that. And that yeah. feels like a pro- and it feels like a very atypical Keith Curl side 
um, yeah. it does feel to be a problem. I think we'll move on to that in a second, the, the way Keith Carroll's style is progressing. I contradict you to an extent, Martin, in terms of looking for players with a bit more character by them. Of course, that's important. But I just think that eventually quality pays. And I just think man for man, Charlton were a, a, a much better quality side. And I just, I, I, I think you will, you have to look at Keith Carroll's recruitment this season, replacing Charlie Good and people like Turnbull with the three defenders that he bought in a very quick style, in a, in a money ball style, horseball from Macclesfield. Sometimes I think that Moneyball eventually runs out your luck with Moneyball. And I just think maybe the team is more overrated than it actually is. I think that we say, oh, they're good signings on paper. I think it will be proven by the end of the season one way or the other quality-wise. Let's move on. Go back to Benji, actually. We'll move on to, just just to finish off, we'll move on to expectations to the season and an appraisal of of what's going on. How do you see Charlton going now, Benji? Do Do you see that beating... Uh, Northampton in, in, in a really tough game a battle in terrible conditions is going to stand Charlton in good stead to go on and push for that top, top six I think the, the, the important thing with Charlton is just how far they started behind most other clubs in League One whereas most clubs got their business done nearer to the start of the summer July, August, Charlton really had to make a mad dash in the last week or two of the window to bring in the bodies that they needed and to bring in the quality that they needed. So during this first couple months of the season, while the new players are gelling with each other, while the new players are getting used to Bowyer's system, while Bowyer's getting used to the players and figuring out what his best team is, the most important thing is just picking up points and making sure that points are just continuously being added to, to, to their, to their table. And, what we're seeing is that Charlton are able to do that through their defensive solidity. And it's now four clean sheets in a row. And that should just continue throughout the season. Not obviously them getting a clean sheet every single game, because that's impossible. But these defensive foundations that we've seen over the last month, there's no reason to expect that to, to go away throughout the season. And the attacking side should only get better as the season goes on. So I would think that while the victory on Saturday against Northampton was far from spectacular, and I'm sure Charlton will play numerous better games throughout the season. It's again the showcasing the defensive foundations that they've developed and the ability to win a game when they're not playing at their best and the ability to win a game that's kind of a battle. And those those facets are extremely important to any side, but I would say they're even more important in a division like League One where it's so physical and there's oftentimes a lot of sides are lacking a bit of quality on the ball, so they tend to just pump it long. It happens. Charlton do it a lot. Northampton did it a lot. And so to be able to win a physical battle and come out of a game like that where the conditions were far from perfect with three points, that's a really positive sign. I think that Charlton, the expectation should be for them to challenge for a promotion spot, whether that be automatically or through the playoffs. Yeah, certainly look like a very very solid side and I wouldn't be surprised if you're up there in the top six towards the end of the season. Um, from a Northampton perspective, let's let's wrap up, uh, James and Martin. Like, I just think Cobblers are actually a bit of a crossroads now, especially with Keith Carl. Because it just feels like we're caught between two stalls, really, Keith Carl's style. Either go down swinging or stay up swinging with players that are going to drive us forward or go down anyway, trying to nullify the opposition and feed off scraps. I think we have to get to the stage where we, we have to impact on games. I look at the pos- possession all the time. I know Keith Carroll isn't particularly a stats man or 
doesn't really care too much about possession stats, but it's always about 40%. It drops down sometimes to about 37% possession. And I just think with the quality in League One, you are playing with fire if you can't keep the ball properly. And that, that's what worries me. And it's a lack of impact and driving forward. You know, I'd rather against Portsmouth see him start people like Ashley Seal, Chuck Ramika, who are good, solid, you know, capable players that can drive the team forward. People like Marshall, who only gets 20 minutes here and there, a former Charlton athletic player. But when he comes on, we're better at keeping the ball and, and venting pressure. So they're the players that I like to see. And just, I think we need to go out swinging and try and impose on games. I, I don't know about you, uh, James. What's your thought on that? Well, I think the Marshall point is very good. I've been scratching my head as to why he hasn't been involved more. He started the season really well, got uh, got a couple of goals in the Shrewsbury and then I think Southampton. And so the, the thing is, he's, we don't have many creative players. I feel like yeah. Corboa... Adams, Hoskins, when he's played in his proper position, I think, which is behind the strikers, is, is quite creative there. He's certainly not creative out on the wing, but when he plays centrally, I think he's creative, Hoskins. And uh, and Marshall are the only players who I feel we've got who run at players uh, and kind of, they're the kind of players who you're on the edge of the seat, you know, a bit like, you know, Doughty for the, and, and Smythe for, for, for Charlton, where when, when they've got the ball, you're anticipating things are going to happen. The difficulty we had yesterday was we brought on like, we had, I think we had four strikers on the pitch at one point, didn't we? But we didn't have any creative players on there once we took um, Corbeau off. And then he finally brought uh, Marshall. And I think he did more in like kind of five minutes than some of the players did in, in you know, a full 90. So I, I think it, we, we've seen, I mean, prior to the Charlton game, I think we'd seen a noticeable shift in the way we were playing um, in terms of we were starting to pass the ball a lot more um, rather than being... Um, Route one, so to speak, and I think that that was welcome, and I think that's going to be very dependent on. I know he scored an own goal yesterday, but Jack Sowerby, um, he he looks like the kind of guy who, when we play football, everything's going to be going through him. So I think him kind of uh, perhaps kind of you know just stepping up the more minutes he plays, starting to kind of create a few more chances. I think we could potentially have you know a, a quite a creative side if if he's playing. I feel like, though, that's as much as it's going to get. Um, so, yeah, it, it is going to be interesting to see whether Keith sticks or twists with the with the direct route. The, I mean, the yeah. thing I find with, with the direct style is that at times last year, it was aimless hoofing, which isn't pretty at all. But um, certainly in the Cheltenham second leg and the Exeter final, there were long balls, but there there was kind of, you know, strategy behind them and we kind of executed them well so I don't think it's necessarily an ugly game to watch when it's played correctly the difference is when you're doing it and it's just aimless hoofing and I feel like it's just been a bit too much of that this season because as Martin's alluded to we're, we're badly missing uh, the Dane Oliver up front um, yeah so yeah think, um... it's an interesting situation for him yeah, I think, as Martin said, Vidal is a massive miss because even if it was a nameless hoof up front, he had brilliant anticipation of the ball and been able to bring it down or just get onto the end of it. So we're really missing him. But I noticed that we seem to play in quite a, a nervous way to an extent. Like, you can see Keith Coe on the side of the pitch barking. You can hear him from miles away. And trying to get the ball forward really quickly, playing it in a, in a really sort of a, quite a regimented way in terms of Keith's style. And you, you know, I noticed yesterday loads of snapshots going wide, like one from Hoskins, various other ones, like snatching at chances. It just feels like the, the players are a bit nervous and a bit up against it with this style. And you want a, a freer, more fluid style. And I just, 
I just think that Keith Cole is more wedded to the Cole ball from last season than trying to expand it. And I think that's where the contradiction is. Is his heart really in playing a more passing game? Because even though you know people have been saying, oh, we're mixing it up, possession is still only 40%. So is his heart really in it? Um, Martin, just to close up, what's your, what's your thoughts about the rest of the season? Are you, are you optimistic? I know you've been fairly pessimistic in your appraisal of the game, but are you optimistic that Northampton can at least stay up? Um, I think we're all biased, aren't we? But I, I am. I'm, I'm confident that we, that Curl will arrive at something that works because he's pretty much done that all, all his career. And this is the first season he's managed up at this level. I think there's an interesting point, I think, um, that you made of almost, you know, do you want to double down on what gave us an identity? And if you do, I think we need, a dif- we need dif- some different characters, players. Yeah. Um, or do we carry on trying to play more football against technically superior, more superior sides? We probably need a combination of both because if we don't get at sides like like Charlton, like Ipswich, like Hull, like Posh, they'll murder us because player for player, they're, they're better. But to do the other thing, you need to have players that are, that are capable of doing it. And if you can't, you know, if, if you're a technically limited side, as we are at this level, at least be good at set pieces, at least be good at go, going long, getting a ball to stick up there. If you're not as good at football and you're not as good at the direct stuff and you're not as good at the dark stuff, you're really going to have your work cut out. And I've, you know, having seen how terrible our managers have been between Chris Wilder and, you know, Keith Curl coming and kind of getting hold of it and sorting it out, I remain optimistic that, that Curly will sort it. Um, but it doesn't look like carry on doing the same as we're doing is the right way to go. I think we need to have the ability to go very direct and very tough against the good footballing sides. And we need to be, when we're playing, you know, your Bristol Rovers, your, your Shrewsbury's, the size that are similar level to us. You know, we need to be able to play some pretty good foot, football. And to be fair, you know, we, we've shown flashes of it, but we're a little bit not neither one thing nor the other at the moment. Yeah. That's yeah, what need, that's what needs addressing. Now, I think to be fair, Curl, he's, he's not shy about making decisions. You know, we, he's dro- he drops people. He brings them back. He, you know, he's he's not too sentimental, which gives me um gives me some room for optimism. I just worry that we may not have all the pieces for his jigsaw puzzle right now, as he always likes to use the metaphor. Of. <laughs> the jigsaw puzzle is still sort of in pieces on the floor, but we're still trying to. And I said I said as a joke, didn't I, the other day that when you do a jigsaw, you have to get your corners sorted first. Yeah. And our corners are our worst <laughs> thing. So yep. jigsaw is still a problem. You started in the middle. It's never going to yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that million piece jigsaw. Um, let's finish up with you, Benji. Charlton, obviously a solid side, maybe need to up it slightly to get in that top two. But what do you reckon about Northampton? Do you, do you reckon we can stay up with your, you know, limited viewing of Northampton? Do you see anything positive from our play yesterday that can keep us up in this division? Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly. I think a club like Northampton, a team like Northampton that doesn't necessarily have the quality of some of the other clubs in the division, you really have to take your chances. And early on, Northampton had a great chance, could have been a goal up. And at that point, the whole complexion of the game completely changes because instead of 
somewhat holding on to nil-nil, trying to figure out how you play at nil-nil. You're one-nil up and then trying to make Charlton uncomfortable and trying to make the game as sort of disjointed as possible. That's a fantastic tactic because you've got a lead to hold on to. So I think that Northampton definitely have a chance based on what I've seen yesterday. Uh, I think, as I said earlier, they really made Charlton look uncomfortable for the first half of the game. I felt Charlton really couldn't get into any sort of rhythm for the first 45 minutes. And at halftime, considering what had, how, the, how the first half transpired, if Northampton have the 1-0 lead from their big chance, then, as I said, the second half's a completely different game, and who knows what, what could happen there. So considering that they were up against a team with, with a lot more quality, just based player for player. I think Northampton played well for large parts of the game or played decently well for large parts of the game. And there's there's reason, based on my viewing, to believe that they definitely have a chance to stay up this season. Oh, that's nice to hear. It's good to have a bit of optimism. It's Sometimes it's good to have... Think about the cobblers on this podcast. It's a shame. It's yeah. Like... But sometimes you need someone from out of the, you know, out of the cobbler's sphere to just yeah. look in and say, actually, it's not as bad as, as you might think. Alternatively, you could say that we watch it a little bit more, so we're yeah. a bit more, <laughs> a bit more clear I mean, to I, certain aspects. But, you know, I felt that Northampton looked as good, if not better than both Wigan and Blackpool. And I think Blackpool especially are a team that has quite a few good players and they caused Charlton both those sides. I think caused Charlton less trouble and made Charlton look less uncomfortable or made Charlton look more comfortable than Northampton did. So that, from my viewing, is a positive for you all. <laughs> Good stuff. We, we have to do that. We know Northampton knows relegation battles. We know you've got to pick these teams off where you can. So we've got a couple of big games coming up against Wigan and Milton Keynes. So hopefully we can get the points on that. But thanks for joining us, guys. It's been my really plan. interesting. And it's a good, yeah, it's a good bit of, uh, bit of a panacea to talk about these games and get them out of your system but um hopefully we'll have james and martin next week to talk about the next game but um benji will be off to bigger and better things but thanks a lot guys and we'll speak, speak cheers, again soon cheers all and good luck the rest of the season benji yeah, yeah good, good luck, luck to you all I'll, I'll have to return for the reverse fixture yeah great stuff cheers uh, guys who, see you soon knows? planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.